We're going to start out real quick with just kind of a, an overview of what we've done this year uh, in 2020 so far. Um, we get reports back from the pastors. I talk to the guys every day. There's not a day goes by that I don't talk to, to at least one of them. Uh, and so uh, you can see here, we've had many children in the program um, have received the Lord this year. And that is our main goal. Uh, we do all these things, but our main goal is gospel proclamation. These kids come to the Lord and their families come to the Lord. Um, we've provided a lot of medical care this year for kids in the program. Uh, some of the families of the kids and even just people in the villages that our pastors come across uh, as they're out doing their pastoral ministry. Uh, thousands and thousands of meals have been, have been served this year uh, through the program. We've bought uh, Bibles in Kenya, and they've been distributed out into the villages. Um, we, we do English Bibles and also Luo. Luo is the tribe that we work with in Kenya, and so um, we do purchase Luo Bibles as well. Um, we've done flood relief. Uh, when we got back from Kenya in March, uh, right when the country was shutting down, uh, there was terrible, terrible floods in Kenya. Lots of uh, crops destroyed, houses destroyed. You'll see some of that here in a little bit. But we've done, we, we did some food distributions, some medicine, blankets, and stuff like that. And built some homes for, for some of the f- flood relief. Um, we did a distribution of uh, uh, feminine hygiene products at one of the schools that we partner with over there. Um, as, as of today, um, or actually it'll be the end of this week, we've built 33 homes in Kenya this year. Uh, between what the church has given, what individuals have given, and our partner, House for a Home, out of Dallas. Uh, We've built 33 homes. And just recently, we've expanded the size of land that we have, that our pastors have over in Kenya at IBC Magina. Um, We bought more land for them. We're going to end up building three classrooms for the school that's there. And so um, the first classroom is built. That's been done. Uh, Sarah Ray, I think, is that you back there, Sarah? Yeah, Sarah's back there. So the, nurse, the school there is called Sarah's Kids. They named it after Sarah. Sarah, Sarah helps us fundraise for that. And so um, the first classroom was built just, uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, and then here recently, um, our pastors over the last couple of years have been working in a remote village to uh, plant a new church. They've just been going out, um, banging on doors, walking into homes, and sharing the gospel. And they've had enough people come together uh, to, to form a church and just, uh, just this Actually, today, we finished, they finished building the church, the actual church building. And so they're going to dedicate that church uh, this Sunday. Um, when we go in March uh, with a small group, we're going to do another dedication. They want us to come and, and dedicate it as well. So uh, we've assisted with that church plant. Um, the pastor there is going to be Pastor Emmanuel. He's, a, he's one of the association there that our pastor is involved with. They're, they know him real well, and he's a really, really great guy, godly man. Um, I just want to tell you guys, uh, as far as the church, individuals who sponsor us, those of you who pray for us, uh, the ministry support our pastors. I know many of you are friends with our pastors on Facebook. Um, They love to be on social media, and they love to interact with you guys. And so just thank you so much for the support that you give. There is no way that what what is done in Kenya could be done without the support of y'all. Praying for them, your financial contributions. Uh, just your, your support of them, just talking to them and encouraging them. We, we really appreciate it. We could not do uh, what we do without you. So I'm going to have Lisa. This is our mission statement, and you can find all of this on our website. We have our website. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. So this is on our, our website. If you ever, It's nourishingthenations.org if you ever want to look at, look at it. 
So Nourishing the Nations exists to provide nourishing meals to the children of Kasumu County in western Kenya. These meals are provided through partnerships with local Kenyan pastors, and we have five. As we provide nourishing meals for children, we pray that children and their families would come to know eternal life in Jesus Christ. So, you know, I'll dig into this a little, here in a little bit, but our main goal is we want to introduce these kids to Jesus. We want their families to know Jesus. And we have seen that over and over as these kids come to the programs and come to these churches to get fed. They also meet Jesus. And the pastors, every time they meet, they, they either do a Bible story. They do something uh, to teach these kids about Jesus, whether it be a Bible story, um, whether they do, they do um, plays and stuff. They do all kinds of stuff. Every program that our church has that, that we're partners with over there, they also do the Awana program. The same Awana program that our kids go through here, they do it over in Kenya. There's a, there's a big Awana organization in Kenya. They go through the same stuff. They do the game square. They do it all. And so it's really neat that they get to do that. Um, I just want to, look, you can go to the next slide. I just want you to see how big Africa is compared to the U.S. Uh, Africa is a, is a huge continent. And then Texas, um, Texas and, and Kenya are close to the same in, in size. Kenya, the population in Kenya has really exploded uh, in the last 20 years. This was the latest census information that I, that I could find. And so the population in Kenya just, just 15, 20 years ago was like in the 35 to 36 million. So there's a lot of people moving to Kenya. Um, and so I just wanted you to kind of get an idea of our population compared to us and the size, the geographic location. Our pastors, I don't think, understand how big Texas is. And we tell them we're driving from Midland to Dallas to go jump on a plane Sometimes I think they think, well, that's, you know, a few, few miles down the road. They don't, it takes all day to get there, you know. And so I, we're recording this, and so they're going to hear all this, and so I'll probably get uh, some messages back from them. Um, so, all right, Lucas, you can go to the next uh, picture. Um, so what I kind of want to do right now um, is just talk to you a little bit about our call to ministry and our call to Kenya. Uh, in 2011... Um, me and Lisa were in the student ministry working with Corey and Crystal, uh, who are both in here tonight. And I just really ha- had this desire. God laid a desire in my heart to, to take our students on a mission trip. Didn't really know where we would go, what we would do. Um, and as some of you know, I've, we, worked, we went to camp with Student Life. There was an organization called Servant Life, who was their missions arm. Uh, and so I, I contacted Servant Life, and we ended up choosing Kenya. Uh, actually, I think Kenya chose us. Um, and so we got a team together. Um, I was really nervous. I'd never done anything like that before. We took 20, 20 of us, went over there to Kenya. We got to Kenya. Um, and as we got on the ground and out of the airports, this is the first picture that I ever took in Kenya that wasn't in an airport or a guest house. First one. Can, if you can go back just a second, Lucas. And so this picture here, and I'll never forget this. Me and Corey were in the vehicle. We're driving down the road, and I, we see this little kid come out. He's got a little water bottle. He fills that water bottle up out of one of these ditches, out of this red dirt, red water, and he drinks it. And I'll never forget that. That has always been stuck in my mind. You remember that, Corey? We talked about it. Um, I asked Corey, I said, Corey, did you, did you just see that? You know, at this point, when you, when you get to the airport, you, you're in Nairobi, you get to Kasumu, or at that time we were in Eldoret, uh, Kenya. And you're just in culture shock. You know, this is our first time to be there, our first time to see that stuff. And we're just kind of in shock uh, at what we're seeing. And we see that little kid fill up that bottle and drink it. Um, 
And that, that's never, it's never left my mind. Um, all right, Lucas, you can go to that next picture. Um, as, we're, as we're going around uh, Katali, Kenya, um, you have street kids everywhere. These kids are, they, some call them the forgotten kids, um, glue boys. You can see the boys here in the picture on the right. They've got bottles of glue, uh, shoe glue. There's a shoe factory in the area, and they, they buy or steal or the glue factory actually gives these kids bottles with glue in it. And these kids that live on the streets, they huff this glue, and they get, they get high on it. It masks the cold, because it's cold up in Katali. It's cold in that part of Kenya. It masks the cold. It masks the hunger. Um, and the main reason they do this is because it keeps the kids kind of calm, and they don't, mess with, they don't mess with stuff. These kids dig through the dumps out there, and that's what they do. That's where they go for their food. They dig through all the trash, and they find all this food, and that's where they eat. And you'll see, there's kids sleeping on the street. I mean, there's kids that... I mean, I see these kids in here. There's kids that age that live on the streets. They have no parents, double orphans. They're, they're out on the streets. Um, and we just saw this everywhere as we were walking through uh, Katali and through the area in, in 2012. I'll never forget, um, we were walking through, and our missionaries that we were there with, they said, absolutely, do not give any food to any kid that comes up to you, any of these street kids, because if you do, you're going to get just swarmed, and it's just going to be bad. It's going to cause a, a, a problem. And I'll never forget, we were walking through, uh, through the town, and Mallory Hinesley had a backpack on. She had a um, package of crackers in the pocket of her backpack, and this little kid kept come up to her and was trying to get them, you know. And uh, we, we knew what the word for no was. No in Swahili is hapana. He's like, hapana, hapana, you know. And a kid finally ran off. And you just, it just tore you up because you have a backpack full of food, and you can't give it to these kids, and you know that they're starving to death. Um, that, that kind of stuff, it, it just, it, it sticks in your mind. These kids are out here because of AIDS, alcoholism, neglect, abuse, extreme poverty. Some of these kids have mental health issues. Parents or whoever maybe didn't want to deal with them, and so they just, they just put them to the streets. Um, so as we got to this point, and we, we're seeing all this, and you're trying to process all this, you really don't process a lot of this until you get home, you know, because there's, there's so much to see. Um, me and Lisa and our team, we got back on the bus to go home. Uh, I'll never forget getting in the bus and driving back to the airport in Nairobi. And I'm sitting in the front of the bus with, with one of our guys who was helping us out. His name was David Wangaka. He's actually here in the U.S. now. And I was, I mean, if you know me, I'm a crybaby. I cry a lot. My boys like to make fun of me for that. Um, but I was sitting on the front of the bus and I was crying for a lot of reasons. I, one is we've been preparing for this for over a year, and it was over. Um, two, um, I was overwhelmed with just everything that had gone on, you know, um, and I knew when, I, when, I, when we first left for Kenya, I had no idea that we would ever go back. I actually never really thought about going back to Kenya, but I knew when we were pulling up to the airport that we would be back. I knew that God was saying, you're going to be back here one day. I didn't know it'd be just a few months later, and so um, through those tears, uh, I one of my favorite guys in the world to, to listen to, preach, teach is Landon. I'm not going, but is also Dave, is also David Platt. Um, and his latest book, um, uh, something needs to change. Uh, I went through that again today. I listened, I listened to the whole thing again today, and he was talking about at one point, you got to turn your tears into tactics. Okay, and that's what we did. We we 
it took us several years to figure out what God wanted us to do, but we turned our tears into tactics. And so um, I want to just, I've never done this before with you guys, so I want to just go through, you can go to the next slide, Lucas. I want to just show you something. This is the Global Hunger Index. This is done for the whole world, okay? And not every country makes it on the Global Hunger Index, which is a good thing. You don't want to be on the, on the GHI. 117 countries are on the list right now. Um, right now, Kenya ranks 86 out of the 117, which is not a good place to be. Um, the score is 0 to 100, 100 being the worst, 0 is little to no hunger at all. Um, there's four factors that, that they consider to give you your rank. Is, is the first one is undernourishment, the proportion of the population that is undernourished um, as a percentage of the population. The second one is child wasting. Child wasting is children under five who have low weight for their height due to under, uh, undernourishment. Uh, the, the third one is child stunting, which is low height um, for their age because of chronic undernourishment. And the, the fifth one, or the fourth one, is child mortality rate. So children under five who are dying due to undernourishment. And as I was looking at this stuff the other day, I come across information. The area of Kenya that we work in is called Nyanza. Um, it's almost on the border of Uganda. Nyanza has the highest child mortality rate of any area in Kenya. And I'm going to have to, I'm gonna, I, I, I told Sarah that yesterday when I found it. I'm going to have to dig into that and see exactly why that is. I'm, I'm really not sure, but it's very alarming. Um, and you can see here, uh, you can go to the next slide, Lucas. Um, this shows you Kenya's uh, index. And you can see that they're getting better. Um, 2000, they were 36.9. 2019, they're at 25.2, which is still serious, but we're, they're headed in the right direction. The problem with that is, is that can change at any time. You know, there's all kinds of things that, that affect that hunger index. It could be, uh, in Kenya, you're very dependent on, on crops. You grow your own food. It's very um, uh, agriculture there. Rain, drought, um, the floods. Floods can wipe out crops. Um, and then locusts. The locusts can come through there. And, uh, you know, we think the locusts here, over there they have the locust swarms. I mean, it's just crazy. The locusts can destroy the crops. And then just mismanagement, you know, of, of the food that they have. And so I wanted to show you this so you guys would know. This is just not something that me and Lisa and people on our board and people who who partner with us, we just want to, we're just over there feeding kids because we want to. There is a huge, huge need for this. You know, when I was growing up and you'd see stuff on TV, you know, there's all those commercials of the kids in Ethiopia and they were trying to raise money for that. Well, when you go to Kenya, you actually see that. You live it and once you, sometimes when you see it, you can't get it out of your mind and you have to do something. Compassion has to turn to action. And so that's kind of what, what we've done. All right, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. Um, and this is it. Jesus is the answer. We know that those kids need Jesus. Um, you know, there is not enough money in the world that's going to turn Africa or anywhere else into what it needs to be. Jesus is the only one that can do that. And our plan is, is to use nutrition to reach those kids for, kids for Jesus. Um, just this week in Sunday school, we, we talked about Peter and John and uh, the lame beggar at the beautiful gate. You know, and Peter and John used that, that man and, and that miracle to launch into the gospel message you know, to all these people, all these people were saved. 
And that's kind of what me and Lisa and those of us who go to Kenya and those of us who, who, who kind of game plan all of our stuff, we use nutrition, we use these feeding programs to launch into the gospel message for all these kids and their families. And so that's kind of what we've come up with. Um, we've mirrored it after some programs are already there in Kenya. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel. We're just putting our own spin on it, our own twist on it. And so um, <clears throat> that's kind of what, what, our, what our deal is. We want to reach these kids for Jesus and do it through our programs by giving them uh, a hot meal. You know, there's a saying that goes, uh, uh, an empty stomach has no ears. You know, you can go, you can go I can go to Corey, and if Corey is starving to death, um, hadn't eaten in three or four days, um, but I go up there and I start talking to him about Jesus, he's not going to listen to me. You know, he's hungry. And so what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, to feed these kids. Um, you see all the kids on the streets. Uh, you see all these kids everywhere who, who in Kenya are hungry. One way to break that cycle is to give them proper nutrition. I mean, they've seen it in our programs already. Um, once these kids start getting proper nutrition, they start getting meals on a regular basis. Their health improves. Their school attendance improves. It changes their whole outlook on life. And if we can keep these kids off the streets and, and going into the cities and doing the things that these kids are doing, uh, it's a double win. They get Jesus and they get off the streets and they, they can change the course for their families for, for generations. And so um, I want to let Lisa um, introduce you to our pastors. So, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. These are our five pastors. And these guys we have met over the years. Um, JB, which is... Uh, the one in the middle, he was the pastor that I first met in 2013. He's the first one that I met. And over the years, um, <clears throat> just through God's providence and, and God just working all things to, to good, we've met these five men. Um, me and Lisa and, and any of you who have been to Kenya, you, you kind of know these guys as your brothers. I mean, they're, they're funny, they're crazy, they're, um, they, are, they are good as gold. Um, we couldn't do what we do in Kenya without these guys. These guys are in the trenches every single day. And I'm telling you, if you, if you think you have a bad day at work, you probably do. But you, ain't, you, haven't, you haven't seen a bad day until you've had a bad day in Kenya. These guys walk for miles and miles and miles. Um, they minister in some of the hardest places, and they do some of the hardest work um, that there is to do. And we really, really appreciate them. We trust them wholly with our ministry. Um, we send a lot of money over for these feeding programs, and we trust them completely. Um, we couldn't do it. They go to battle every day for our kids over there. And so I'm going to let Lisa um, walk you through these pastors and, and kind of introduce, introduce them to you and let, uh, tell a little bit about each one of them. Lucas, if you'll go to the next slide. This is, um, we lovingly call him Father Peter, our first Peter, and his wife Mary, uh, Father Peter would be the elder of the five pastors, and he plays that role very well. Um, genuinely, I've never met a man sweeter than him. He just is so genuinely sweet. Um, and if you know him and you're on Facebook with him, you're going to get a message from him where he tells you that he's praying for you, and he's not joking when he says that. Um, I've never met somebody as committed to prayer as he is. He will message me. Uh, he'll be up at four in the morning his time on his knees in prayer for my need. And that is just such a cool thing. I mean, I just don't think we as Americans are, are willing to do that very often. He, to says, get 
He says, I'm busy. He says, I'm busy praying. I'm busy praying. And he is. He's busy praying. A very neat family. They have seven children, ages six years to 21 years. Um, so that's Father Peter. Next slide. This is Second Peter and his wife, Anne. Um, Second Peter does a lot of work with Chris um, as far as the day-to-day ministry uh, goes. There is not a day that goes by that we do not receive about a billion um, messages from Second Peter usually, but um, starting at about 10.30 p.m. when we lay our heads on the pillow to go to bed, Chris's phone will start strobing because he has his strobe light. If you've ever sat near him, his light strobes. So our bedroom lights up all night long. It's great fun. I pull the covers over my head. But um, he will message all, all day long with Chris and all night long. But uh, Second Peter and his wife, they have three children ages four to almost nine. She turns nine this month. Um, and he does a lot of the treasury work in our ministry on the grounds there and um, the construction. He owns his own construction business, and so he also oversees a lot of the construction in our ministry. Uh, next slide. Okay. This is Pastor Jared and his wife, Mary. Pastor Jared and Mary are at Emmanuel Baptist Magina. That's where Sarah's kids' school is. Um, they have... Six children, ages 5 to 25. Um, when we first went to Kenya and first went to Magina, it's very, the village area is very rural where he's at. Um, the river is very close to the church. And um, Pastor Jared has an 8th grade education, Pastor, and Mary has a 7th grade education. He didn't speak a lot of English. He knew English because Swahili and English are the languages that are taught in school. So he knew English, but he didn't use English, just like some of us may know another language, but if we don't use it, we don't speak it very well. He didn't speak it very well, but he has come so far um, in the years that we've been in ministry together. And uh, again, a very neat couple um, and operating a school with lots and lots of children, and it's just been Way cool to see how God is using them and growing them. The next slide is Pastor David and his wife, Anne. You're going to start to maybe see a theme here if you don't know. There's lots of Anne's and Mary's and Peter's. Um, But these are their children. One of them is actually a niece, um, but they are raising her. So they have three children of their own. Uh, Baby Chris over there on the side is now one. Chris Harrington, by the way. Yeah. Baby Chris Harrington, and then their oldest, Finn Charles, is 10. Um, so they have a, a church ministry also, a feeding program, and um, Owasi, another beautiful area. And then the next slide is JB and Rachel. Again, Chris, we met JB first, so that's the first pastor we um, partnered with and did ministry with. But um, JB and Rachel have three children, um, ages eight to four years of age, so um, they, JB was able to step into leadership in an established church, Rapogi Baptist Church, um, so he has a very established church program uh, that he is um, leading, And um, but it's been cool to watch him step into that role under some leadership that's established there that has been um, mentoring him, so uh, that's really cool too. All right, uh, we don't want to forget uh, Boaz, and so when COVID hit, I had to fire. Our, next slide. I, I had to fire our IT guy. 
Um, and so whoever made this PowerPoint, I'm not going to mention any names, Chris, but um, he screwed it up. And so somehow that's Boaz and Millicent. Boaz is our fundi. So a fundi is any kind of skilled labor. He, 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 can, he can build, he can lay concrete, he can do anything. And so that's Boaz, his wife, Millicent. Um, they have five kids, I believe. Um, and so he's on the wrong slide, but there's Boaz. And so I kind of want to move into just a real quick overview of our feeding program. And so we're feeding um, anywhere from five to 700, 800 kids a day in the programs, okay? And you can see here for $40 a day, we can feed the church full of children. For $640 a month, we can feed an entire church. That includes all the food. That includes money to pay cooks. Uh, that also includes firewood, transportation to get the foods from the markets to the village. We buy from local um, growers, and so they go to the market and buy in, in those areas. So we're also benefiting um, the people in the community there. Um, so one of the things that happened when COVID hit is, um, I'll get into this in a minute, is, is the, the, basically the country shut down. But one of the things that happened is they had to close the churches down, and our feeding programs happened in the churches. And so they had to stop meeting in the churches, and the pastors um, started doing these feeding programs out of their homes. If their homes were too far away from the church, they had one of the deacons that was closer to the church. And so that's still happening in many cases. They're still in homes and, and in the deacons', deacons homes. Um, uh, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. Uh, this is, so the lady on the right is cooking. Um, that's, we built a kitchen at every location. All the, all the meals were prepared over open fires like this. That's on a Jico, a little uh, burner that, that uses charcoal. She's making ugali, which is a staple in Kenya. And the picture on the left is the kids in the, in the program just taking their lunch for the day. Usually it's beans and rice or ugali and rice or little, little minnows that they call um, omina. They say they're really sweet, but they're really not. It's whatever you would imagine licking the, a minnow bucket. That's, that's what it tastes like. But they love them. That's like candy to them. Um, do the next one. And then that's, uh, looks like at Magina, maybe, on the right. And then that, I don't know if you can see that. That's Jason Westfall and um, Sarah and then some of our other team members over there. Uh, when we go, we go visit every program, check in on the programs uh, just to see how they're doing. All right. Um, we also assist with medical care. Medical care for, for our folks over there in Kenya is a really big deal. Um, we provide, if our pastors think it's bad enough that we need to step in, um, they'll come to me and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, we've, we've provide for those in the villages as well. Uh, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. I just want to point out too real quick to you, Carlos is on the left. Carlos, um, they brought him to our attention. He had spina bifida. Uh, about a week or two after he was born, um, they found him in a in a condition, his, the, the, he still had a, the, um, the open back, you know, from spina bifida was still open. It was, his body was full of infection. And so we took him to the hospital. He had surgery on his back, ended up having a shunt put in his brain so the fluids would, would drain. Uh, he's doing really well. Uh, this is a picture just a few days ago I got. Um, he went to a Samaritan's Purse Hospital, had surgery. He's doing really well. The little girl on the right, most of you know Shalavine. Shalavine, this is a new picture. Um, this is at the hospital. She just got fully released. She's the one that had her foot burned. It, it kind of grew back up into her leg. They, they cut the leg and, and her foot's out. She can walk now. She can wear shoes. When we first met her, she would walk on, on her heel, basically. And it was just, 
Um, it, it's miraculous to see both these kids in, this, in the shape that they're in. So when, when you support us um, through, the, through givings, this is what we do. We, we've, we help these kids. Uh, it's, like I said, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, all right. Um, next slide. Uh, so this, this is another picture that I got messed up. But this is Sarah and Carlos at, at Carlos's home. But this slide is supposed to be talking about building a home. Um, so we, we, build, we build a lot of homes. Um, for $450, you can build a home. That includes the, the fundi to build the home and a helper, that, the iron sheets for the house and all the nails, and then, and then the people in the village actually put the mud walls on. So $450, $450 um, you can provide a home. Um, all right, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. We're going to have to run through these pretty quick. It's already 720. Um, so let's talk about how COVID affected Kenya. Um, so we, we left Kenya... In March, we were sitting in the airport, waiting on our plane, eating lunch. Kenya came over the news. Uh, I got a notification on my phone. Kenya just had their first case of COVID as we were in the airport fixing to leave. The next day, they closed the airport. No travel in the country, no travel out of the country. So we got out just in time. We were actually in Dubai coming back home. Um, They were canceling flights. It was all good for us. So when they shut the country down, they closed the schools. They closed the churches. No travel in or out of the country. No travel within the country. Wherever you were is where you stayed. Um, and then they put strict curfews in place. The restaurants and markets were closed. And so for a culture that depends highly on hand-to-mouth, you know, whatever you got that day, that's what you ate that day. It was devastating for, for the country. Lots of people were starving. Uh, lots of people out of work. Um, Lucas, you can go to the next slide. Um, ex- unemployment is extremely high anyway. Uh, it just got worse. And then on top of that, there were terrible, terrible floods uh, in Kenya. Uh, crops got washed out. Houses were destroyed. Um, mission trips from all over the world that go into Kenya and Africa in general um, were canceled. So there was a lot of help that normally was get that was being um, offered was not, not getting there again. And the doctors were always on strike in Kenya. They went on strike. They're on strike right now. Um, they strike over the smallest things. Um, one of the other things we did, uh, uh, let me see what's going, you can go ahead and go to the next one, Lucas. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that we did, we did food distribution in all of our villages. And so we, we sent, we purchased thousands of pounds of maize and corn and beans, and we did these distributions. You can, um, we provided medicine, blankets, um, we built homes for some of those uh, who lost their homes in the floods. And then the feminine hygiene kits were distributed at Odienia. And so, Lucas, you can run through these pictures real quick. Um, these are the ladies in our, that are volunteers for us. Those are sacks of maize. Um, you, can, you can scroll through them, Lucas. These are ladies in line <clears throat> who are waiting to get food um, at one of the churches. That's at First Baptist O'Hara. And this is out at, uh, I'm not sure where that was. It's hard to tell. But you can see there's a huge, we had a huge response um, and we did that because you guys are so generous to support us. That's a sack of, sack of beans. Yeah, that's JB's church. Uh, just, they filled up sacks and, and delivered them. <clears throat> There's some pictures of the floods. What, roads washed out. It was just, it was bad news. People had to vacate, you know, they just went where they could. 
You can see here the floodwaters came through, and you can see how high the water got. It just washed the mud right off her home. And this is a home that we built. The home hasn't been mudded yet, but it's ready for mud. I'll let you talk about that real quick. We've only got a few minutes. Um, we have a, f- a friend that went with us on a trip several years ago, and she felt the Lord was just really placing on her heart to do uh, feminine hygiene products. At the schools that we visit, one of them is Odienya Primary School, and we've been going there for five or six years. We love that school. They love seeing us. Um, they start to sing More Than Conquerors, which is a song we sang the very first year we went there. Um, they start singing it as soon as we pull up in our vans. Um, but one of the principals and the head teachers um, told our pastors that went out after the flood that girls weren't coming to school because when it's that time of the month, there's no way to come. Uh, they don't have the supplies or they can't afford to get the supplies. So uh, one of our friends that's been, her name is Lisa Donham, she started raising money to um, send some feminine hygiene products, and we partnered together and sent out uh, a bunch of packages of products. They got um, underwear, washable pads, and bars of soap so that those girls can continue to stay in school. Um, That's one of the projects that we've done this year that we've never done before. Um, And so it was very successful, and they were very thankful for that. Yeah. That was one thing that they had been asking for for a while, and we just finally were able to do that. So thank you for that. All right, so we've only got a, just a few minutes left. There, 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 yeah, they there they are. You can see that they're excited to get that. Um, so I want to talk to you about some plans for the future. Um, this is some information that we haven't shared with anyone other than people on our board and people who are really close to the ministry. Um, we have applied for NGO status in Kenya. NGO is kind of like a nonprofit here. It's a non-governmental organization. And so we've applied for our status. We should get approval this month. We're in the last stages of it. Once we get that, um, we'll be um, on firm footing in Kenya. Uh, We can get longer visas, stuff like that. There's a lot of benefits to having an NGO in Kenya. And so we've kind of kept that to ourselves, but now that we're in the final final stage of it, I want to share that with you. One of the things that me and Lisa and our board um, have been praying about and thinking about for a long time is purchasing land in Kenya. And so we've been trying to go over the last few months. We've been hitting hiccups. We were supposed to be over there last week. We can't, our flights got canceled, so we're going over in March. We went over to try to buy a piece of land. And so we have plans to purchase a piece of land. On that piece of land, we're, we have plans to build a mission home, a mission compound, um, where we can host our teams, um, where we can build a barn and store food, buy in bulk, have somebody in Kenya distribute to the villages instead of going to the market. Um, buying in small, we can buy in bulk and have a guy deliver it. it we, can feel, we can feed way more children that way. And really, um, it, it's not that expensive to do this. We, we're thinking we can, we can uh, buy the land, build a home for somewhere around $60,000. And that's a home that will sleep 16 to 20 people, kitchen, everything. And so be praying for us as we are looking for land and, and uh, thinking about doing that. One of the things I'm most excited about is um, so in 2012, the first time we went to Kenya, we went with Servant Life. Um, well, I got a call earlier this year from Zach with Servant Life. He goes, hey, uh, you know, we've, I know you've been with us. We've been following you. Um, long story short, they've asked us to partner with them. And so we're going to start hosting mission teams 
from Servant Life to go to Kenya with us through Nourishing the Nations. Um, we're going to start that in 2022. Um, we've already have one team signed up from North Carolina that's going to go with us, and it could turn into something really big for, for the ministry and for our guys in Kenya to expose more people to the ministry there. We're really excited about that. Um, Servant Life, they focus on high school kids, college kids, um, and so they have a reach all over the country. Uh, and so there's no telling what could happen once we get going with Servant Life. Um, I'll, be, I'll be needing people who have been before, like the West Falls, the Rays, the Spirit, people who have gone um, to lead teams over, to take a group of kids over, uh, to meet them over there. So really excited about that. Be praying for us in Servant Life as, as we go through that. And then our 2021 mission trips. Um, we, I've got a really small team going in March to do some administrative stuff, but we also have a team going in July. We've got, we're going to have a full team in July. I fully anticipate that team making, um, and so we're excited about that. Um, if you're interested in, in, in Kenya, let, just come talk to me. If you're interested, we, we could always, I'm, I, you know, when you become a missionary and we, you become a voice on, on behalf of the children, you almost become like a beggar, you know, and I'm okay with that. I beg all the time. Um, for our kids over there. We really need support. And so if you guys ever want to, to join us, it's really easy. You can go to our website, nourishingthenations.org, and it's really easy to donate. You can donate $5. $5 will provide meals. You know, uh, you can do it through PayPal. You can write checks. You can do it however you want to do it. Okay, but we always need people to support us. And pray for our, pray for our guys and gals over in Kenya and all of our kids. Um, I think that's the last slide um, is... Uh, you know, there, there's some ways you can pray for our ministry in Kenya. Pray for our pastors over there. They've got really hard, hard jobs as they lead their families, lead their churches, and try to provide for all these kids over in Kenya. And so um, 45 minutes goes really fast when you've got a lot of information to share. Uh, we've got, I could talk, if you know me, I could talk all day about Kenya. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. Uh, Landon's giving me the stank eye, so uh, he's really not. But it's 7.30, so... Um, if you ever have any questions about Kenya, even tonight, if you want to come talk to me, or Lisa, if you have some questions, just come ask us. We, we would be more than happy to, uh, to talk to you about Kenya. We love Kenya. There's a lot of people here that love Kenya. Uh, and so just come talk to us. Thank you all.